Praise the Lord. How many is glad you know Jesus? Amen. He said, I'm the light of the world. Amen. Turn around, look at your neighbor, wave at him, give him a high five, whatever you feel like this morning. Amen. Ushers, if you'll make your way forward, we'll lift up our Sunday school offering today for our class. Uh, this is our Sunday school class. Amen. You can be seated. And uh, so excited today. Isn't it amazing what a little snow will do to people? Well, I was talking about myself, actually, but here you go, brother. Amen. I, uh, it caused me to break out my, my snowman tie. And so, uh, amen, I'm thankful for a little bit of snow that we can change our wardrobe at least. How many like wearing a coat? 
There's a couple of crazy people here. Amen, 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 amen. Stand with me all over this place today. We're going to get right into our Sunday school lesson. Amen. Looking forward to 1115 service today. And amen, I believe there's some folks that's uh, amen, going to get baptized today in the precious name of Jesus. Uh, Come Wednesday, they come Wednesday night after the service and said, felt led to, so we're going to, amen, we're going to baptize them, maybe hopefully two or three, five or ten, that'd be great, uh, amen. But let's pray today. I, how many remember I said I had a surprise for you today, a special for our class only, amen. Brother Steve, make your way up here. We're, we're going to hear from somebody, Amen. Been around for a long time, or one of our trustees, but amen, I've asked him to get ready. Let's pray, and let's ask God just to have his way today in our class. Thank you, Jesus, God, for this gathering together. Thank you, Lord God, for every soul that's here, Lord. I pray, God, that you bless, Lord God, our class today, Lord God, that you minister to it, Lord. God, that you help Brother Steve, Lord God, deliver, Lord Jesus, something, God, that would inspire us and help us, God. We ask you in the precious name of Jesus, Amen, 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 amen. Put your hands together for our, amen, our good brother Steve Pontius. Amen. I guess this is our first for everything. Um, I'd like to give honor to my pastor. I never thought of his calling bishop, but my pastor. And uh, give honor to this pulpit of this, this church. I give honor to the heritage I received of my parents. I've got to keep this together. <laughs> Sorry. And that, that'll make sense as we go on. Um, but I want to talk about our testimonies. And if I do well, then the precepts and the word of God will be greater than the words of my testimony, which I'm going to share today. Um, and I've had this in my heart for quite some time. And uh, I, especially last Sunday, I just felt that it, it just... The word testimony kept getting touched on. In fact, sister, you testified last week. I appreciate that. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's pretty awesome. Here's I can tell the word testimony appears 73 times in the word of God. Exodus 25 and 21 says, And thou shalt put the mercy, the mercy seat above upon the ark. Mercy seat is above upon the ark, and in the ark... Thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. In Revelation 12 and 11, it says, And they overcame him, the Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Again, it's, our testimony is, is very powerful. The word of God is a testimony. It is. And each of us, have a testimony that God has and is giving us. So, oh, you, I'm sorry, you all may be seated. <laughs> so I'm going to give you all a, a test. It's a very simple test. It's, it's a hand-raising test. I want you to be honest. And there's some new people here, so. Sorry. Okay, so um, actually there's two tests. The first one is, uh, how many in here by a showing of hands know that I'm a trustee of this church? Okay. And how many do not know that I'm a, test, a trustee of this church? Thank you for your honesty. 
Okay. Now, if you didn't raise your hand at least once there, you failed that test, but I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. Okay. How many of you know I'm a felon? How many of you do not know I'm a felon? Amy, you didn't raise your hand. Did you not know that I'm a felon? Okay, let's try that again. You know I'm a felon? <laughs> so, so uh, how many of you did not know I'm a felon? Thank you for your honesty. I, I, I didn't want to bring that out for a shock value. But you'll, you'll see why I, wanted, why I want to bring that out. And again, if I do this right. Um, the precepts in the word of God will be greater than the words I share with you of my testimony. And I believe in you. God has asked me to share my testimony. It's been burning in my heart and remind us all of the importance of our testimonies. We all have a testimony. Um, again, I'm a felon. Um, uh, Obviously, I've changed my ways. Thank God. God has changed my ways. But I want you to know that uh, my brothers and I, we had the best parents. We did. I had the best upbringing. Uh, we were just a blue-collar family, nothing special, except we had love and a warm home. Um, Mom almost always cooked the meals. She's a good cook, just a basic cook. I mean, she didn't have all these extravagant spices and Knock it out of the park, but by golly, I never went hungry. And uh, my dad, he retired after exactly 35 years from 3 a.m. Not a day more, not a day less. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, um, again, we're a blue-collar family, and my dad, he, uh, he tuned pianos as a side job and actually rebuilt pianos. And uh, some of you probably most recently learned he actually built a few music musical instruments. And uh, it is pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, uh, sometimes he would come home from work, and, and uh, he'd be there every evening. Sometimes he came home, uh, got a quick shower, splashed on some aftershave, put on some good clothes, and went off to tune a piano. And by the time he got back, Mom had supper ready, and we'd just be waiting for him to come back. Been tuning a piano, and he'd get his clothes off, and we'd all sit down and have a nice supper. That was I had, I had a good home. That's what I'm trying to share with you. A good home. And uh, there's a love and an honesty between all of us. In fact, I've, I've given credit to my mom, even before she passed, that uh, growing up, I knew I could share anything with mom. Young people, young kids, uh, you know, sometimes you do things and, and you did something bad and it's, you need to come clean about it. And I knew that when mom came to tuck me into bed, She'd sit down on the edge of my bed, and I could share anything with her, and I could come clean. That was my come-to-Jesus moment, and I, I honestly feel that that's a good part of why I know I can go to the Lord in prayer and share anything with him. I got that from my mother, I believe, and I, I appreciate her for that. Again, I'm wanting to give honor to the heritage I received of my parents. So through all that, you know, I had a good, wonderful home. I was aware of some drugs around me as I grew up. Uh, all through high school, I, I never did any drugs. I never uh, acclimated to that, that side of life. And uh, 
after school, um, I uh, uh, signed up for the Navy. And, and all through the, uh, the process of that, they had asked me, um, have you ever done marijuana? No. And they would say, it's okay, you can tell us if you have it. It's not going to change anything. We just need to know. I'd say, no, I haven't. They'd say, we just need you to be honest. It's okay if you haven't. If you have, I mean. And I'd, I'd say, but I haven't. And they'd, okay, and they'd write it down, and they'd go on down the line, and they'd come back to it. Now, I need to touch on this again. Have you ever done drugs? No. It's like, <laughs> I, was, I was getting really kind of agitated because I hadn't. I truly hadn't, and, and uh, sometimes the world can't accept that. But I didn't. But uh, uh, unfortunately, my Navy career was very short. I found out that uh, flat feet, shoes like this for marching in all day on the hot asphalt, they don't agree. And it, it tore my knees up, and uh, um, I did have to get a medical discharge. But in my time there, it was kind of like the same thing. All the guys I was in there with uh, couldn't believe that I'd never done anything like that, let alone the other things of, of life. And uh, I kind of felt like, uh, I don't, maybe the word's insufficient. Maybe the word's, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe I just felt like it started making me think, you know what, maybe I need to explore and do some of this stuff and kind of check it out. And uh, it was kind of like an eye-opener to me in a, in a way, unfortunately. And uh, so after I got out of the Navy, uh, got discharged, uh, it wasn't too long after that. I knew where to go. We all can know where to go to get what you want. Thank God we all came here this morning because we know what we want. But, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to list off the drugs I tried and stuff like that, but um, I, I do want to say that uh, I was very fortunate that uh, this day and age that we live in, uh, drugs are very volatile thing to get in, involved with and uh, I, I can tell you I, I probably tried about everything I uh, uh, came close to had the chance to but I, I never had the chance to, to do or try heroin and I, I believe that God I believe that my parents were praying for me for number one and I believe that God kind of let me go this far and uh I know that, that heroin is a, an extremely dangerous drug and, and, and fentanyl and all that. Again, I've, I've, I've never been acquainted with that, and I thank God for that. Uh, it it kind of, uh, it's kind of like when I was in the Navy thing. I don't quite understand all the, all the, all the uh, everything that has to do with that, but it uh, doesn't mean I have, I don't have compassion. I'm just kind of oblivious. I lost many friends. I mean, I graduated in 1988, and uh, uh, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count all the people in my class that I've lost to drug overdose. Uh, one of the kids, uh, Corey, he was born on the same day that I was born, I believe, in the same hospital. He died a long time ago from a drug overdose. Another one of my classmates, Scotty, uh, uh, I used to party with uh, Scotty Arnold, and... Uh, He's one of my chums back then, and as the years went on, um, I did give my life to the Lord, and I changed my ways, and uh, through the course of that, I started teaching uh, a drug intervention program 
uh, at the at our county jail, and and I met Scotty there, and and he was impressed and intrigued uh, that I had changed and he wanted to change, and when he got out of jail, he looked me up and and we did a, a, a Bible study. Uh, I think it's like a 12, 12 or twenty week uh, Bible study, and uh, his uh, he was actually living back with his ex wife and his two kids. And uh, when she'd go to work, that's when I would, I would come over, and uh, we would do a weekly study and be like an hour, hour and a half. And, and he thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and uh, I said, you know, because we're doing this, I go to this church. It doesn't mean you have to go to this church. And uh, but uh, I said, you're always, always more than welcome. And don't you know, he he never darkened the doorstep of, of our church or any, as far as I know. And it wasn't too many years later after that uh, I found out that his son died. From a drug overdose and his son was uh i believe they were probably eight or ten years old when i was giving him the, the bible study and he could have pulled his son from that fire he could have but he didn't and it was within a year scotty himself passed again from a drug overdose another friend of mine uh, uh jennifer she was she was a girl but uh we'd never ever had a, any kind of a sexual relationship, no romantic thing. We were just buddies. We were pals. We were chums. And uh, we hung out a lot. And as time went on, you know, I, I, I came this way, but as time went on, she didn't. And every time I see her, uh, it could be months or even years in between when I'd see her, but I could see the, the progression. She got worse. And, and, uh, and, and one day, one day she passed, and it bothered, it bothered me a lot. But as I was in that, that world, you know, uh, time went on, and uh, you're going to get more like what you hang around. Uh, if you hang around the world, if you hang around that scene, you're going to get to know this person, which is going to get you to know this person, and you're going to get on and on, and you're going to get immersed in what you hang around, whether you like it or not. It's the way we are. But uh, eventually, uh, a medic went. Actually, it's, it's, it's interesting how things can uh, connect with you. Spirits. Um, I was working at a local furrows, a lumberyard here over on the, uh, it was a Reagan Road. And uh, uh, I must have had to look to me or something, I don't know, but uh, one of the guys came in, actually it was a small group of guys that were contractors, he came and asked me if I had any papers. I worked out in outside in, in the yard. And, uh, asked me if I had any papers. Like, no, but I'll get you some for rolling a, a joint. And uh, don't you know that through that, through that one person, uh, I had a connection to get LSD in quantities. And I did. And ultimately, actually, uh, uh, one of the girls that used to go to church here, she knew this guy. His nickname was Bink, and uh, she knew him. And he was, he was a good man, he was. But uh, one night, he, uh, I was going to his places on the south side of Muncie down here and uh, to get some LSD, and, and uh, I didn't know it, but he was getting arrested. And one of his friends saw me coming, and he got me out of there. The police asked, who's that? He told him, he's, he's got the wrong apartment. He walked me out and told me what was going on. He said, I need to leave, and I did. I kind of escaped a few things there, but uh, <laughs> never really thought about it that way. But 
that just about could have been some pretty deep doo-doo right there. But, uh, uh, but through the course of all that, uh, I knew where to go. And in the course of that, I did get caught selling LSD. That's, that's my felony. Kind of ironic, a little bit of irony about that uh, through the process of going to court. I was charged with a, a class B and a class D felony. The class B was uh, possession, or excuse me, was uh, distributing a controlled substance, and the class D felony was maintaining a common nuisance, which is your, in my case, it was my vehicle, uh, selling LSD from. And uh, through the course of all that, again, I had I had good parents, I had a good name, and I I trashed that. Uh, let me back up just a little bit. So, uh, uh, I'll never forget when the police came. I believe it was a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm sure of that. It was like 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, police came with the warrant, got my parents up, said, is your son here? And they said, yes, we have a warrant for his arrest. And uh, they had, mom and dad had to show the police where I was. And sleeping in bed, they woke me up, announced the warrant, and let me get my clothes on. And, and they marched me down the, the hallway in handcuffs. Mom and dad behind us. I'd, I'll never forget it. Mom said to me, where did we go wrong? She wanted to put the blame on herself. Where did we go wrong? Take it from me. But I did this. They couldn't have done anything better. But dad, his words are eternal. He said, Ruthie, all we can do is love him. I'll never forget that. It's the love of God. And uh, I, was in, I was in jail two days before I finally got the courage to go, go call mom and dad. I, I was looking, <laughs> not looking forward to it at all. But I finally walked up to the phone and I made the call. And I think it rang one time. I think I want you to know I'm going somewhere with that. I believe it rang one time, and they answered and took my call. And for two days, I let them in limbo, not knowing what was going on, where is that, if it was okay. And uh, I made the call. And I told them I was so sorry for what I did, that I was ashamed. But uh, I'm going to have you read that in just a moment. But... Uh, and they, they said that they were disappointed in me, but they said they still loved me, and I still had a home. And uh, obviously, I felt conviction, and that's exactly what it was. They did not give me one iota of condemnation. Conviction comes from God. Remember that. Condemnation comes from Satan. Don't ever forget that. Can we talk just a minute about the prodigal son? Pastor, could you read that scripture?
my, my heritage that I'm talking about today, it is the prodigal son. I, I have lived that. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't say that to brag about it, but that, that story, that's the one I connect with the most because I know it. The only part that, uh, that I don't connect with in it when it is when it, the next part when it comes to talk about the brother that was angry. Uh, that's not my brother's. My brothers loved me as did my parents. And I, I wish, I wish, Megan, I wish your dad was here. That's okay. But uh, my brothers loved me and supported me as did my parents. But please, could you read the rest of that? I was dead. The love of my family made me alive. I was lost and I was found. And I found the true love of the Father. And this is my testimony. They could have been angry, but they chose mercy. That's our God. <laughs> Thank God for that. They chose to show me the love of God. And it led me to life. You know, through that, I wasn't perfect. But all things aren't. Not everything is perfect. My life today isn't perfect. My life leading up. But that's, God has entrusted his church, his word, to an imperfect humanity. Don't we all owe each other the space of grace? Don't we? Nobody's perfect. I'm not, you're not. But it, but it guided me out of the grasp of hell to where I am today, that mercy, that love of God. I mentioned my friend Jennifer. 
believe it was a Saturday night, that my wife came out and, and told me that she had passed. And it was from a drug overdose, and it, it shook me up. And uh, but I'll never forget coming to church the next night, Sunday night, and uh, Mackenzie and I were in the sound booth, and Mackenzie could tell something was bothering me, and she asked me, and I, I shared with her about the passing of my friend. And uh, through the service, I'll never forget sitting back there where Brother Sam is, looking up and seeing my children and my wife up here in church and knowing my friend had passed away. We both had parallel paths up to a certain point. And uh, it, did, it just shook me up so much seeing where I was and where she was. We've all got a choice. But, uh, you know, one thing I want to bring out is uh, I've kind of been through, I'm not the only one here. I'm not. But you don't have to go through the worst of it to have the best testimony. You don't. It's not a badge of honor. But, but shame on me if I don't share it with you. So a few of you raised your hands when I asked you that, that question. And I believe you're being honest. There was a point in time that my son, Zach, I believe he's, I know he's in junior high at the time, and, and uh, he, uh, I started seeing some habits, some, some tendencies, some bad paths that he was starting to follow. And I started to see his grades decline. And I sat him down one night had a heart-to-heart talk with him. And he knew, he knew about my past. He did. And uh, I let him know. I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm seeing. And you're not going to be the son that I gave my parents. And I pulled him, I know, that night from the fire. I, I know. And my wife helped There were certain friends I went to school with their parents or at the very least hung around. They were my generation. I knew what, I knew who they were. We were a small town. And I called out about three of his friends that I, I knew. I said, you're going to see this one? Smoking pot while you're in school? You're, you're going to know that he is using drugs? You're going to see him have a child on the way before he graduates high school? And you're going to see him drop out? There's about three of them I've mentioned brought up like that. And uh, unfortunately, my words came to pass. I was right because I knew what I was looking at because I've been there and done that. But towards the end of that conversation with him, uh, it shook him up. I remember he, he was pretty emotional. And uh, we, we hugged and, and we loved. And, and at, at the end of that, and this is what really shook me up. My daughter, Haley, afterwards, she come and she said, Dad, I didn't know you were in jail. I didn't know you were arrested. I said, yeah, you did. She said, no, I didn't. She had no idea. And I, I, I told her about it. And, and 
the haunting thing is, is I forgot to share my testimony with her. I, I, I forgot about it. And, and we can't do that. You can't, you can't forget your testimony. And don't be ashamed of it. doesn't matter how bad or how not bad your testimony is. It really doesn't. Kind of move on here. Hebrews 3 and 5 says, And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Hebrews 11 and 5 it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. It doesn't have to be bad testimony. You don't need... There's no need for the experience and parents like mine to know the love of God. He'll give each and every one of us our testimony. So is God calling you and are you seeking him? And I just want to bring out, it's, you don't have to get all your ducks in a row before you come to this altar. You don't have to take care of everything. Genesis 22 and 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And Abraham said, behold, here I am. Genesis 22 and 11. says, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven it said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Genesis 31 and 11. An angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, here am I. And God spake unto Israel in divisions in the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. Exodus 3 and 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. The, the, uh, the thing I want to point out here is those words. Here am I. Sometimes we just have to present ourselves to God. Whether you need to come to him or you need to bring something to him. Uh, you know, I recently lost my parents and it wasn't a sudden loss. It was, we knew it was coming. And at, at the coming of that news, uh, it, it broke my heart. And all I could do was come to the altar with that pain and that hurt and that grief in my heart. 
God spoke to me, Sister Diamond, Sister Laura, and it was, it didn't take the pain away, but it was something I needed. Here I am. You've got to be able to do that. Do you want to read a scripture? Samuel chapter 3, verses 3 through 10. This is after Samuel. Uh, his mother uh, was barren. She couldn't have any children, as the story goes. And she came to the temple one year. And she begged and pled of God to give me a son. And her prayer was so intense and so deep that the priest thought she was drunk. But when he realized what her petition was to God, he said, go your way, and this time next year, you'll have a son. And her promise to God was, you give me this son, I'll give him back to you. And when he was of age, when he was weaned, she did just that. And Samuel was raised with the priests. And as he came of age and God was calling out to him, First Samuel chapter 3, verse 3. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And Samuel laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. But Samuel thought it was a human voice. He thought it was Eli. And he ran unto Eli and he said, Here am I. Here am I. For thou calledst me. And Eli said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. Eli answered and said, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called again to Samuel the third time. And he arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go and lie down, and it shall be that if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down again in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Do you feel the, the gentle pull of the Holy Ghost? Do you feel the calling of God? If you're new in this, if you've been in it forever, all you have to do is make the altar. Say, here am I. I think am I out of time? Because I'm I think I'm done. <laughs> Pastor, I'd like for you to close this if you would please.